Episode 157 for November 2011. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have discounts that start at 38 and they go up to 75% off the cover price of new comics and trades. A spider example is on the first issue of Scarlet Spider. This one chronicles the new adventures of Kane as he moves to Houston, Texas. The cover price for the book, $3.99. Mail order has it for just $1.99, which is 50% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. All right, welcome to our November show, gang. We have a very small panel this month, <laughs> or I have less friends. Uh, we have George, administrator on the message board, and the Fight Club Grand Poobah of the message board. Welcome, George. Thank you. <laughs> Feel free to talk even more when I introduce you. More than just thank well, you. Well, we, we have we have a we have a long way to go and a short time to get there. Thank you, Jerry Reed. I like that. Very nice. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound up. Watch our bandit run. Uh, also, we have Zach from SpideyDude.com. Welcome, Zach. Hey, it's good to be here. Good to be uh, back right. on the show. Uh, earlier in the sh- we recorded the message board questions before we shot this or we uh, recorded this show. We had Jr. and Kevin on. Jr. Is, w- potentially could be in this show. We don't know. Jr. had a little crisis, and hopefully he will make a cameo for his crisis segment. in crisis in Infinite Ohio. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Spider news this month. Uh, one of the things I love to read every every day, every week during the weekday is Jim Shooter's blog at jimshooter.com. And this past week, in uh, early November, he talked a bit about uh, working with Steve Ditko. And he remembered that Steve Ditko said that Spider-Man, the creation of Spider-Man, is 70% Ditko, 30% Stan. And also, Steve Ditko just celebrated a birthday. He turned, oh, was it 85, I think? Yeah, anyway. some, he's up so, there. So, happy birthday to Steve Ditko. What does the panel think of, does the artist deserve 70%, or does the writer, or is it 50-50? What do you think of that, George? You hit it first. Um, I'm, not, I'm not really sure, and because none of us sat there and watched them collaborate, we can't really have an accurate idea of what happened, you know? Um, I, know, I remember back, uh, remember that documentary, what was it, In Search of Ditko, what was it, Brad? Right, yeah. Yeah. You know, where, where they interviewed Stan and they were trying to get Stan, you know, to just say, you know, he was the co-creator. And Stan was like, I've said that. But Stan started getting defensive about it. And so I don't know. I think in their minds they're, you know, they've got varying degrees of, of um, or what's, the word, what's the best word 
to find, or, or speaking of percentage-wise, I'm sure Stan probably thinks, well, it was 50-50 or it was 60-40, and I'm sure Dicko thinks, well, no, it was this. When you look right. back at the Marvel style back then, which was, you know, I mean, the artists were just as involved in the story. You know, um, a lot of times with the old Marvel style, you had the artists coming up with the story, and Stan just came up with the words, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know about that, though, because, I mean, you look at those early days, and Spider-Man, you know, if if Ditko had had that much creative control or had that much input into the character, then Spider-Man would have been going around calling the protesters dirty hippies. <laughs> but he That's didn't, true. you know. I mean, he was Spider-Man was very liberal because Stan was very liberal. Right. So I think I think in reality, you know, maybe behind the scenes, Ditko had a lot of input, you know. But I mean, I I, I think it's mostly Stan. I mean, Stan's words are the Stan's the editor. Stan's words are the ones coming out on the page, not you know, not what Ditko wanted, which I, I'm sure led to a lot of animosity between them. You know, I mean, Ditko wasn't on there very long. I just well, wish for Ditko a few would years. talk. I d- so we, I mean, he lets his work talk for himself. I understand that, but it's going to be one of those legends. I I don't think he, I think he's going to go to the grave not explaining his side of the story. Oh, he will. Yeah, and then after he's dead, you know, experts who know will come out all over the place once Ditko can't say anything in response. Yeah. Um, you know, or or even if Stan passes, you know, the same thing. So it's it, it's one of the, it, it's like the JFK thing. We'll never know. Yeah, Zach, your yeah. two cents on that one. Um, I I kind of give it sixty forty because because the concept of the, of the character was created by Stan. The, you know, the the uh, Spider Man. Um, the specifics. About it, I think, was it really more of a 50-50 effort, but the visual side of things, the costume, the, the, the majority of the villains that are still viable, that's, that's Ditko, you know, in terms of giving them their visual aspect. And I think, you know, what's lost on a lot of people sometimes is that, you know, comics are a visual medium, and I feel like they, they, they did it together. I feel like that they should get equal, you know. I, I feel like they should get billing, you know. Stanley and Steve did go create Spider-Man, but at the same time, I, I kind of side with a little bit with with Steve because because without 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 Steve's input, it's just words. And you know, Stan could do his best to describe it, and you could come up with things in your head. It's not a prose format. If it, if it had been just a you know a prose story with with just Stan as the writer. Then yeah, he's the he's the creator, but because it's such a collaborative effort, and the vi- it's a visual medium, you got to give you got to give you know Steve his due. Right. Jr. Are you back? There, Jr. is back. Jr. We're talking about Steve Ditko says that seventy percent of Spider-Man's creation is his. Steve or Stan is thirty percent. This came up on Ditko's blog. What do you think, or buddy? Shooter's blog. Shooter's blog. I wish Ditko had a blog. That'd be awesome. Yeah, right? <laughs> Ditko.com. I don't think the world's ready for that, man. If people hate me, they <laughs> triple hate Ditko. <laughs> JR, we can't hear you. JR. Yeah, okay, fine. There we are. There, there you are. There you are. Go ahead. Uh, Welcome back, sir. <laughs> yeah, I don't know for how long, but we'll see. Um, All right. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, I, I was listening to an old pod, some old podcast, and podcast 16.2, uh, we addressed this very question as to the con- – yes, indeed, as to the contributions of Lee vis-a-vis Ditko. And uh, 
<laughs> but and and uh, I imagine probably some of the arguments were the same. I, you know, obviously, even though Ditko's perspective is is skewed by Ditko being Ditko, uh, and his perception that nothing really ever is created unless the artist puts it on on paper. But you know, it, it's even though Ditko did draw. I mean, he did come up with the costume, did come up with how the characters looked, probably came up with the looks of all the villains, and he did a lot of plotting. Uh, I mean, the voice of the characters is all Stan. So, you know, and and plus, you know, Ditko was gone after 38 issues. So, yeah. I mean, inspired, the Spider-Man mythology has continued to be added to uh, well after that. Um, so, you know, it's hard to put a pers- it, it, it it's it's um. It's a wasted effort to try to put any kind of percentage on who did what. Uh, other than it's just it was created by the the two gentlemen, and that's probably about as far as it should go as far as breaking it down. <laughs> Co-created. I think, think Romita yep. has just a bit, a bit to, I don't know, 10%. I don't know how you break it down in numbers, but I think Romita's contribution is just as important to his creation, I think. No, I would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, he he lasted a hundred plus. The mainstream, the, the mainstream appeal of the character is because of Romita. Uh, exactly. I think there's absolutely no question about that. When when the when the lines were softened and things things became a little more romanticized, to use you know use that term, right. um, that's when the mainstream mass appeal of of Spider Man started. There's a lot of people that love the Dicko era and. But there's a lot of people that jump on until until the Ramita issues. So, yeah. uh, other spider related news or Marvel related news? Uh, Marvel trimming the fat. They've laid off, I think, 15 workers, uh, assistant editors, etc. And they also have canceled some books. They uh, took Alpha Flight from an eight issue miniseries. It turned into an ongoing. They said, "Psych, no, we're just doing eight issues." Uh, they canceled Iron Man 2.0, which is a horrible title. They, Name. I don't know how good the book is, but that's a horrible title name. Uh, the Von Doom miniseries was uh, solicited and canceled. Uh, what's the the Paul Jenkins book that came out? Um, oh, I can't think of the name. Hence why it's not selling. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, Marvel is. Uh, I, I don't. I haven't heard of them laying off people since the nineties. I imagine they have, but you just haven't seen the headlines. Jr. Any thoughts on this one? Yes. Canceling books, <laughs> laying off. What are your thoughts, sir? <laughs> well, the I don't know that any of us can really argue with the fact that Marvel has always produced too much crap. Um, you know, and and they they've come up with too much and keep throwing it against the wall and it'll see what sticks. So I don't I don't have a problem with them cutting back on you know mini series that are only going to sell fifteen thousand <laughs> copies a piece anyway. Um, the only thing is, it it, it 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 seems that though, and I don't know if it's Disney doing this or if it's Ike Perlmuter doing this. I mean, right now they seem to be saying that it's Perlmuter, uh, and why that guy didn't, you know, why that guy just didn't take his money from Disney and leave, I don't know. Um, because if it's his, then if it's his doing, Disney needs to say, Ike, go away. You sold the company, go away. Um, if it's Disney, well, this is just the beginning. I mean, there's no telling. You know, I mean, I remember commenting when Disney bought Marvel that Disney literally has the future of comic book publishing in its hand and how it, how it treats Marvel. So, um, you know, I don't think necessarily that what's being cut now is necessarily a bad thing. 
but I'm not so sure that it's a, uh, I, I don't think it's a positive harbinger of things to come, that's for sure. George, what do you think? Is the industry is going down, reduction in staff uh, makes yeah. sense, cutting back on what they produce makes sense. They're trying to maximize profit and reduce cost. Um, reducing staff is a big way to do that. Um, I don't know if this, yeah, I don't know if this is, I, I doubt this is Disney doing this. Disney doesn't give a crap about publishing. The, the money that, that Marvel is making off of publishing is insignificant compared to what Disney wanted, which was movie money, cartoon money, licensing, licensing. Money, you know, toys, things like that. Disney, I, I don't think Disney gives two, two rat turds for what publishing's doing. Um, so I, I doubt this was Disney directed, uh, you know, like the uh, firing of Marvel Studios' PR department. What was that, last month, month before last? Uh-huh. Um, which was completely Disney, but I mean, so I I, I just think you know the, the industry's dying. I mean, people can keep saying it's not. It, it's the elephant in the room. When we was talking about it, print is dying, and when print dies, you're going to reduce staff. And it's not just Disney. I mean, um, heck, uh, New York Times has, have, has been having to let people go left and right for years now. Um, every newspaper has had to do that. Uh, now well, it's hitting. Right. Now now it's hitting. Uh, now it's even hitting. You know, uh, television, uh, CNN. Just had to lay off a bunch of people, you know. I mean, we're in a bad economy, and this is already a shrinking market to begin with, even before the bad the bad economy. So, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, this wasn't surprising. Also, exactly. I, I, hang on, you know what? Also, yeah. Brad, with so. DC rebooting and taking over the market the way it did, it's it's. I think it's forcing Marvel to redirect its focus and and shift stuff around. And, and and I think we're going to see some things get streamlined, refocused, maybe reimagined, some stuff rebooted. Um, I think that's going to start happening now. Come, Zach? I'm sorry, Zach. I didn't mean to cut uh, you off. Z. No, no, you're, you're all right. You're fine. Um, in terms of the direct market share, uh, you know, I, wasn't Marvel still winning despite the whole DC... Uh, overall, overall share in the percent of the market compared to DC, I, I didn't think they gained much ground, did they? <clears throat> oh, they won the month, uh, and they won the second. Maybe they didn't win the second month, but I know they won the month. Okay, they uh, the month then, of September. But, but then you always talk about this is direct sales; it's not including yeah, the, the, the mass, sales, which mark the mass, the mass media part. Which right. okay, DC has. A, a, a focus with Warner Brothers that Marvel does not. They're going to promote. They have Cartoon Network, all right. DC does, so they're going to use that as a tool to promote DC in general. And they're going to start doing that next year. Marvel's uh, got ABC, and Marvel's exactly. got Marvel's got ABC Family. They've got ABC Family. They've got ABC. Yeah. They've got uh, uh, they've got Disney XD, which is not like Cartoon Network though in terms of having. On expanded cable, you know, Toon Disney is a premium channel, and until Disney can, they do have the Disney Channel. Yeah. They, I suppose, could use to market uh, Marvel, but you know, then again, Marvel's got the got the studio, the movie studio, so they've got better marketing in terms of movies outside of Batman. So, my my thing is is everything I've read about this this the CEO of Marvel. Is he's a? It hasn't been necessarily favorable. So, uh, granted, he did help them get out of bankruptcy. Uh, 
him and Avi Arad or whatever. But I, I just there's a part of me that that thinks that <laughs> maybe this is a good thing. There's another part of me thinking, you know, uh, it is just business, and this I think. An offshoot of the topic, but I, I know we've talked about digital comics in the past, and, and Marvel signed some kind of deal with uh, Barnes & Noble with the Nook, and you've got Comixology, Marvel slowly doing the um, digital thing, day-in-day day release. I think that is a, a revenue stream that's going to help them eventually. I mean, but yep, until they, until they lower the price from three ninety nine online for a digital file is nuts. Yeah, yeah no one's going to pay I, that. I mean, you do the Steve Jobs method. You you charge a buck. Yeah. You charge a buck. And, and then you hook them. And you hook them. Because let me tell you something. I never thought I would ever buy – you know, if you talked to me 10 years ago, I, I was one of those kids that I was – I'd download music and, and, and buy my CDs but of what I really wanted. But I would download music all the time. And then I, and then I got an iPod, and I started, you know <laughs> – I started wanting to be in the music industry. I'm thinking, you know, I probably should go ahead and – if bucks a buck, I can buy an individual song instead of having to buy a whole entire album. Yeah. And, and and so instead of having to buy a whole set of issues, you can buy one or two. All right, uh, moving on to our other segment we like to do. is called JR's This Month in Spider History. We're going back to November of 1977. I was two years old, JR. Uh, JR, what were you doing in 77? Well, let's see. I was uh, <laughs> dreaming about, thinking about all the girls that I was never going to be able to date, probably, um, since I was the since I was a nerd and I was watching Star Trek. Um, November nineteen. Oh, go ahead. What, no, how old were you? Nineteen seventy-seven. I was fourteen years old. Uh, sure. And um, trying to think here, which one do you want to start off with? We're, we're, let's start with Amazing. We always do. Uh, Amazing 174 came out this month, November of 77. The title is called The Hitman's Back in Town, written by Len Wein. Ross Andrew did the pencils. It guest stars The Punisher. And The Punisher and Spider-Man are crashing through, uh, looks like, the, I guess, The Daily Bugle. And J. Jonah Jameson's on the ground with a gun to his head. And The Hitman is holding a gun, so... Take us away, JR. All right. Well, this month is just full of all sorts of 70s cultural references. Nice. Uh, not so much this particular issue, but the but the other two we'll be talking about. But uh, yeah, this one there's a lot of 70s goodness. Um, the <laughs> Hitman, first of all, uh, he first showed up in Spectacular Spider-Man number four and five when a um, uh, you know a badass mother by the name of Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, the crime lord of Harlem, yeah, uh, put out a hit on Spider-Man, and so the Hitman took that uh, took that contract, and the, of course, obviously by the fact that uh, you know uh, he didn't succeed, uh, but right now the uh, you know J. Jonah Jameson's made more enemies. Uh, now the uh, the People's Liberation Front. Which, if you remember the '70s, and this is still the this is the era that Patty Hearst was kidnapped by the Symbionese Liberation Army. So you know we've got all these you know so it, you know uh, fighting against all these <laughs> hippies. Ra- ra- <laughs> the what? The hippies. Hippies. Yeah. Ax- well, yeah. Arms hippies. Hippies. Gun- hippies with machine guns, unfortunately. <laughs> Machine guns and explosives. Uh, so anyway, the, the, the People's Liberation Front's tired of all the negative editorials that Jonah's writing, and so they send the hitman to kidnap him. Uh, and, uh, of course, um, you know, uh, the Punisher gets wind of this, and he thinks he's going to rescue Jonah. And uh, Spider-Man is, uh, 
I'm trying to think of what. Oh yeah, well Spider-Man. Peter Peter walks in thinking he's uh, thinking he's going to get an assignment, and here's all this going on. So he changes to Spider-Man, and of course they you know they crash in, and all kinds of chaos results. And uh, the Hitman in the confusion, the Hitman gets away with J. Jonah Jameson. So that's the basic plot. Uh, but but there's 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 a number of other little subplots going on here because uh, you know obviously in the last couple of issues we had the Molden Man and Liz was helping him out and now she feels so guilty she's moved out and poor Harry is distraught and just beside himself and he threatens to kill Flash and he finally breaks down crying saying no one can help me now no one but Liz oh why Liz why so they. Take him to Dr. Hamilton, because you know that Dr. Bart Hamilton is, is going to be able to help Harry. And, uh, you know, of course, all of a, you know, you start looking around, and you notice that Dr. Hamilton's got these goblin masks hanging in his office. But, uh, you know, nothing, nothing suspicious there. And then, <laughs> uh, you know, and then when they leave, when Peter and Flash leave, Hamilton says, oh, so that's what Peter Parker looks like, huh? Never, he doesn't look a bit like I thought he would. Nothing suspicious there either. Uh, so that's one thing going on. Another thing going on is uh, speaking of Marla Madison, who's been in the uh, the t- uh, an object of being of the titles, or I guess her exit has been an object in the titles lately. Jonah Jonah's being becoming quite smitten, so he he t- decides to take Marla on a tour of the Daily Bugle offices, just as just as the Hitman barges in. And there's a lot of good J Jonah James. There's some good Jonah lines in here. Uh, you know, when the hitman, hitman's got his gun pointed at Jonah, Jonah goes, well, why would anyone want me? I don't even like me all that much. How about Bushkin over at the Globe? You could kidnap him. I'm sure no one would miss him. <laughs> and uh, and he also offers the hitman a free subscription to the bugle but somehow that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't sway the needle there move the needle with the hitman. So so anyway, but the story ends in the next issue. Uh, uh, where the uh, the hitman takes a header right off the Statue of Liberty, uh, Jonah is saved. Uh, Spider-Man and the Punisher exchange a few uh, comments here and there, and uh, then we get then we get set up for the epic five-part uh, Green Goblin story that uh, that comes soon afterwards. Yeah. Also, that came out this month, uh, more classic '70s goodness. Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man number twelve. Uh, uh, that subject or the title is called Brother Power, Sister Son. Uh, on the cover, this is the first appearance of both of those characters, and Spidey is or standing over. I guess is that Flash? I guess Flash Thompson. Yes. And he's got a web shield, and uh, Sister Son and Brother Power are holding hands like the Wonder Twins. <laughs> I don't remember these two characters that well, Jr. Help me out. Well, you know, you would think that uh, characters by the name of Brother Power and Sister Son wouldn't be Asian, uh, but they are. <laughs> uh, you know, this, this goes back to uh, our also early in Spectacular. We saw um, Shashan, the Vietnamese lady who saved Flash uh, back in Amazing Spider-Man, oh, around issue 110, 111, and so she saved his who life. Who he repaid with infidelity. Yes, of course. <laughs> but that, you're, you're getting <laughs> about two decades ahead there, George. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but this this is the beginning of a titanic four-part tale. Uh they, you know, Flash had found Shashan again working in this restaurant, and he keeps making a nuisance of himself until her bald-headed, uh, 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 evil-looking husband comes in and says, "Go away! I'm mar- it's my wife, and uh, we don't want you here anymore." So Flash goes away and sulks. Well, 
you know, Peter decides to try to lift his spirits by playing tennis in Central Park. Uh, and they, they see all these weird zombie, you know, people with wide eyes chanting about, you know, love and the brother power and things. And, and also, remember what's going on in the 70s here. The Reverend Sun Young Moon and the Moonies are and cults are also are big in the news lately so you know we have to have our we have to have our cult story uh so this is one news program was talking about cults yep yep and this is this i think is about a year or two before the jonestown thing so you know this 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 is is fairly topical i mean it's uh uh of course then again so was the rocket racer he was topical back in the 70s too (laughs) you know but uh but anyway anyway flash recognizes sister son's voice uh, you know they're preaching love and everything, and and uh, of course Flash decides that he's going to you know create a scene, and so like like Brad said, the Wonder Twins they hold hands and they shoot these massive beams of light, and you know Spider-Man follows them somewhere, and uh, they get they they hold hands and shoot beams of light and knock him out the window, and he's this ominous shadow is coming toward him, and you know is this the end of Spider-Man? Well. Okay, you know, one, it's easy to go through these stories because they were only 17 pages at the time. So you talk about, uh, but even but even in 17 pages, there were still more stories than in a typical Bendis six-part story arc. Uh, but uh, what, what's the, the thing is, what's funny about this story is not how it starts, but how it, how it be, how it goes on. Because the next issue, we are introduced to Razorback from Texarkana, and his there name is Buford Hollis. And you also have to remember that the 70s was the time of the CB craze, you know, 10-4 good buddy. So Buford uh, drives a big truck, a big souped-up truck called the Big Pig, and he's... You know, and he's saying that's a big 10-4, and he's saying, you know, calling Spider-Man good buddy and everything. And see, the reason the big, the reason Buford and the Big Pig are in New York is because Buford is looking for his sister, Bobby Sue. Because, <laughs> you know, Bobby Sue uh, hooked up with these, uh, you know, religious loonies, and so he's going to go find Bobby Sue and rescue her. Okay, so, well... It turns out that, believe it or not, Brother Power and Sister Son are not acting of their own volition. They are acting under the um, the the, um, the guy uh, under the the wing of the Hate Monger. Okay, wow. and the Hate Monger is a guy who basically took his Ku Klux Klan robes and dyed them purple, and you know, <laughs> and put a big H on them. So uh, you know, the Hate Monger is now you know starting this has started this religious cult because he wants to take over things and cause you know I guess because he hates people he wants to kill everybody. I, I mean, I didn't read these word for word, so, you know, pardon me. Uh, But anyway, the uh, the hate monger actually turns out to be really the man beast, okay? Uh, And the man beast beast was like some big tiger or whatever who got, I guess, I think the high evolutionary uh, shot him full of something or other, and he became the man. (laughs) Uh, Man beast should fight man thing. I think that would be Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, guess that's, with man I, I guess that's a different way of, uh, you know, talking about if you don't want to talk about your man thing, I guess you could call it your man beast. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so, so needless to say, wow. of course, you know, uh, Spider-Man and Buford Razorback, uh, you know, fight the hate monger and all his minions. And eventually they finally get through to Shishan, uh, and they, they defeat the hate monger. They defeat, you know, Brother Power gets blown up, 
somewhere. You know, he gets blown up. You don't see no body, but considering that he's been gone 35 years, he's probably dead. And Bobby Sue gets back in her right mind, but she decides she doesn't want to go back to Texarkana. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> and, and wants to find her destiny in New York. So anyway, that was that was more that was more to than just issue 12. But I mean, it was just this four part epic that you know. Yeah, we had to. Uh, I had to had to bring you up to speed on. Go look so, for it back issue bin. Shoshan was married to Brother Power, right? Yes, Ahmed Orba. Okay. And so when he blew up, then Flash started dating Shashan, I guess. That's right. He didn't. He didn't wait for the dust what? for Ahmed's dust to settle on the ground before he started porking. What Shushan. is up with Flash moving on widows? Well, look at that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he's a widow chaser. Well, you know, I mean, you know, Black, Flash, wi- Black Widow next, you know. Flash has been a pretty pathetic person, so you know he finds <laughs> women who are at their most vulnerable and moves in. My man, I, hey, hey, I, hey, hey, I, hey Jr. Yes. You were talking about the CB aspect of Razorback. Uh huh. His name, his name is actually Buford, and his middle initial is T. Um, that issue came out in '77. It came out in like the fall, and that same year in the spring, or actually early summer, was when Smoking the Bandit came out with Buford T. Justice. Oh, oh really? That yeah. explains it. That yeah. explains it. Now, see, I thought Buford was a, 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 a take on Buford Pusser because if you remember the Walking Tall movies, they were a, a big yeah. thing in the seventies. But yeah, you're you're right. It was Smoking in the Bandit time too. Speaking yeah. of Smoking the Bandit, this is off topic, but evidently I saw that there is a, a old wives' tale, not wives' tale, old rumor that when they shot Smoking the Bandit three. Uh, it was originally called Smokey is the Bandit, and Jackie Gleason was going to play both parts. He was going to play the, the sheriff and the bandit, and the test audiences hated it. So they called up Jerry Reed, and they said, help save this movie, which he obviously couldn't because that movie's horrible. But would it have been neat to see Jackie Gleason playing the bandit and him as the sheriff and just losing it? I think it would be a better movie. George, you're my bandit fan. What do you think? No. Okay. <laughs> we, we, we don't ever talk about Smokey and the Bandit 3 ever. It's bad though, isn't it? Man. It's horrible. The it's only part is uh, the only good part really is Colleen Camp's uh, jigglies all over the place. Oh my goodness! That girl can shake. That, that's got to be <laughs> that's got to be jelly because jam don't shake like that, son. Oh man! She, our she, last she, yes, our last Spider Book of November '77. Uh, Marvel team up: Spider Man and Iron Fist, called the Night of the Dragon, written by Cl- Chris Claremont, art by John Byrne. This is probably the best the books ever been during the Claremont burn era. What do you think, Jr.? Yeah, if this is the best it's ever been, there wasn't much to begin with. Uh, <laughs> oh, my. Well, I, I, really, I really didn't like these issues because Spider-Man was basically, he, he was inconsequential to the story, and all he did was screw things up. Um, you know, he just made things worse, and he really wasn't consequential. It, it basically it was a two-part ad for Iron Fist series. It had to have been, because yeah. um, there's no other way to explain, you know, the, the how the, the nature of the story. But oh, JR, anyway, Jr. forgot this is the first appearance of the Steel Serpent and the Bushmaster. <laughs> oh well. Yes, and uh, remember, it's the '70s, so the Bushmaster is another bad mother. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, that's how actually that that's how we come across Misty Knight too, who's our uh, you know who's our um, oh god who played um, uh, who played Christy Love in the seventies? God, was it the name is it, oh, is Pam Greer? It wasn't Pam Greer? No, no, no. Pam Greer was like Foxy Brown. This was on uh, this was on TV. She was on TV. It wasn't Diane Carroll. Uh, uh, what are we talking about? What's her name? Oh again? no, there, no, um, Teresa Graves. 
Teresa Graves, thank you. Thank you. Yes, yeah, get, Chris, yeah. get, get Christy Love. Anyway, th- I mean, this is still, we're still at the end of black exploitation here. So, so you know, so Iron Fist has got a, a black girlfriend with a big afro, you know, and a, and a name like Misty Knight. And to bring in another 70s reference, she has a bionic arm. So, uh, now, now, JR, oh, oh. Yeah. Misty Knight's one of my favorite Marvel characters now. <laughs> I love Misty Knight. You and Iron so, Fist, so obviously. You, so you tread carefully. <laughs> well, I, I would have to. I wouldn't want to get slapped by her bionic right arm. Um, you yeah, know. Sure. <laughs> so, so anyway, so there, there's been a lot. So we've got black exploitation. We've got um, get Christy, uh, get Christy Love knockoff. We've got um, uh, the bionic. You know, the the six, so the million, six million dollar man. Yeah. Um, okay. So anyway, the story is. Uh, this is an old the, the Steel Serpent, which I guess the name the Iron Snake must have already been taken. So he calls himself the Steel Serpent, um, and he um, basically he's trying to settle an old score. Basically, it goes back to Iron Fist's dad and, and his dad. Uh, but anyway, he wants Iron he he wants Iron Fist Chi. Now, why he doesn't go to Starbucks and get his own Chi, I don't know. But oh he God. wants Iron Fist Chi, and so. Basically, he goes after Iron Fist to steal his chi. Um, Spider-Man, like I said, just gets in the way. He gets in the middle of the fight and makes Iron Fist sloppy. And then the the uh, the Steel Serpent grabs Iron Fist and puts him in a big bear hug, you know. And just, you know <laughs> so it's it's death by bear hug, you know. I mean, if you, you know, the, the the Steel Serpent's great power is his deadly bear hug. Uh, but anyway, so there's this big you know electric shock and. I guess the chi is a, the soul, so he basically sucks Iron Fist, part of Iron Fist's soul or whatever, and and that's the end of part one, uh, and then part two, uh, you know, it's Spider-Man and the Daughters of the Serpent, or is that the is that their name, the Daughters of the Serpent? Um, but where it's it's Misty and and Colleen Wing and uh, you know of the they, Dragon. The Dars of the Dragon, thank you. Yeah. And they go after the, the Steel Serpent, and of course, you know, uh, justice uh, and, uh, and the um, you know truth, justice, and the American way prevails. Um, uh, you know, we find out that Iron. You know, for those of us who aren't familiar with Iron Fist's uh, you know background, we find out he, that he comes from a place called Kun Lun, which to me looks like a ripoff of uh, Shangri La from Lost Paradise. But you know, that's you exactly know. what it is. Yeah. So again, you know, this is just uh, what was this a good month? I don't know. It was the, the Marvel team up wasn't very good, but you know this. You know if this if you can find this stuff cheap in the back issue bin, you know treat yourself to some just sheer corny seventies cheesiness. Uh, you really you really can't can't go wrong. You know with Spider-Man with this, went back over to their stories too. So oh, he did. Oh, oh he was yeah. an Iron Fist. Um. Yeah. Not an iron. I think it was Power Man at that point. Yeah. I don't know if it was, but no, he he went back to that one at the end of that issue. Then it continues in one in either Power Man or Iron Fist. This it was, was part of a larger arc. I mean, other stuff was happening. If you can't find the original issues, it's reprinted back in Marvel Tales one ninety seven, evidently too. I think I've got it. Yeah, I've got I've got both. I've got the reprint and the regular version in my long box. I love I love Luke Cage and Misty Knight and Iron Fist and all that Marvel that that hot Marvel seventies exploitation action. <laughs> I love it. I just I, 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 I ne- saw Misty and her bionic arm really in the this uh, uh, the epilogue of Spider Island. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah she's there. The the uh, Heroes for Hire reboot isn't bad. It's not lasting very long, but I I, I think it's not bad. 
Uh, time for reviews. We've got Amazing Spider-Man 671 and 672 we're reviewing. This is the last two parts, if you don't count the epilogue, of uh, Spider-Island. This is part five and part six. Uh, let's see, who wants to start on this one? JR, go ahead. Go ahead, oh, JR. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of breath. I mean, uh, I'm going to have to go back. review them both together? I'm, uh, that, well, that's logical. It's, fi- it's fine with me. I mean, Same writer, same artist, just part yeah. five and six of an ongoing story? Yeah, let's give each each issue a grade, though. Okay. Because okay. people like to hear that. So, oh. JR, hit, hit this one, too. Okay. <sighs> Boy, you know. <laughs> I'm it's my goal to have JR pass out from all that. I'm, I'm going to have to go get my, you know, boy, go get my oxygen tank. Come, come uh, on, brother power. And my cigarettes. Anyway, 671, 672, yeah, they are kind of about the same, really. It's the end of Spider Island. I gave both of these issues a C plus. It's okay. I mean, I, I didn't dislike it. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't, you know, think it was great. It was okay. I must confess, I love the cover of 671, oh, yeah. uh, even though it was Ramos. And even though by liking this cover, I think I'm probably somewhat hypocritical since I trashed the Black Cat cover back in issue number 605. Yeah, but Mary Jane's not soaking her giblies in uh, milk. Yeah, well... <laughs> Is that a Texas term, your giblies? I mean, I, I just, that was on the fly. I've never used that word before. I, I, wish a, you, I bet you wish I was, it was I, I probably going for you're trying, Are you trying to do a Kevin term there, there uh, giblies. George? Giblies. I'm trying to do a George Berryman term. Step off, son. Ooh. Uh, anyway, so, back to JR. Sorry. Yeah, what, all right. What's There's, the pros, JR? What's I, I the like the idea. I like the uh, you know, pros. I like, him, I like Mary Jane having powers and kicking ass. Um, uh, there were a lot of cons, though. Um, you know, well, um, you know, the 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 thing was, uh, you know, Spider-Man d- drops in on Firestar and and some other loser hero, and and they start giving him <laughs> lip. You know, they start giving him lip. Yeah. She goes, "I was an Avenger long before you." You know, and wait, excuse me, this is like Spider-Man. You know, like, it, and and he told the Avengers, "Hey, I was Spider-Man while you guys were still looking for a clubhouse." You know, nice. I mean, if if I was Spidey, I would have said, "Okay, have at it, bitch." You know. <laughs> And, <laughs> so it's like, you know, where, where do these punks get off telling off Spider-Man? These damn kids, get off my spider yard. Get off Wow. And when did Kane become Ben Riley? You know, I, I don't... Exactly. You know? Yeah. And, and, when it was decided he was going to be the new Scarlet Spider. Yeah. yeah and man. then, you know, Mary Jane's immunity to... Uh, Parker immunity because she was, quote-unquote, so close to Peter. Uh, yeah. Literally and metaphorically, uh, I guess. Um, I so thought of Rain when they but said that. But didn't, didn't Joe Q say they didn't have sex? That's why she never became oh, pregnant? I don't did, know Did he that. say that? Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I have a hard time believing anything that Joe... Joe Joe Quesada says concerning the marriage I and concerning what actually Jay, happened. Don't, 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 don't We read one moment in time. It was utter ball of crap. Really? No. Well, Screw he, you. He, he's the EIC of Marvel, and he says they didn't have sex. Therefore, oh, Mary Jane couldn't have gotten pregnant. So Dan oh, well, obviously uh, is not paying attention to his boss. He should get a nasty <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's it, not listening to his oh boss. Gosh. Or maybe, or maybe they just did the rhythm I, method, you know. But anyway, um, what the? What the? <laughs> I don't. Is it sad? I'm a 36 year old man. Don't know what the rhythm method is. My God, <laughs> well, I, I want to know what the rhythm method is. We're talking about Quesada and Slot. 
Okay, you guys, you guys. Well, I'm not either, but you guys. That's a, that's a uh, that's something about that Roman Catholics do. Uh, okay, hold on. I, I'm going to Urban Dictionary to. And, and, <laughs> oh my God. And, and, since, and since you know, I don't want to be. I don't want to be accused of any odious bigotry. You know, like George gets accused <laughs> of odious bullying. So I won't make any, any more comments about Roman Catholics. But anyway, this is horrible. Um, horrible. <laughs> we should let Jr. breathe next time. <laughs> So, man, no, you know. no, no. We're talking about. Remember, Jr. did that uh, Charles Barkley imitation that one time oh during Ole Miss. Oh, <laughs> that's right. That's doing right. Jr.'s imitation of Charles okay, Barkley. Okay, okay, okay. I may edit this out. The rhythm method or calendar <laughs> method is one of the biological forms of birth control. A con- oh, a couple attempts to avoid sexual intercourse just before, during, or after ovulation, a time when an egg is exposed to potential sperm as it travels out of the ovaries and down one of the fallopian tubes. Woo! This is also a science podcast, y'all. Science! Biology 101, kiddies. I was thinking of Rhythm of the Night, that song. Anyway. (laughs) So, I don't, you know, know, Richard. Wait, 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 wait. Rhythm of the Night. Yeah. By Lionel Richie? Yeah. Barge. The Barge. Okay. Oh, The Barge. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. Feel the beat of the rhythm of the night. Dance until the morning light. Zach, Zach, you were. Zach, you were conceived of that song. Anyway. Uh, oh. <laughs> that is unnecessary, sir. I don't want I that. Know, I know. Uh, I'm st- we're totally derailing Jr. in his review. I'm sorry. Uh, Jr. That's all right. You know, Any more, more cons? More cons. Madam, you know, Madam Webb talking more gibberish. I mean, the oh. woman says variations of the same thing every issue. What's the point? Uh, a couple. Your voice was your voice was in my brain when I read this issue. For <laughs> your voice when I was reading this issue. You go, Madam Webb. Why the hell is she there if she can't do anything or predict the future? What's the what's the point of the character? And I'm like, yep. There's Jr.'s example this month. Well, because she's more screwable than the old one. So that was. <laughs> Uh, a couple of pro, a couple more pros. MJ saying I love you. I hope they do something with that. Unlike, unlike they won't probably. And even though number six wasn't Patrick McGowan, I thought I thought it was pretty clever who number six turned out to be. And it's a shame that yes. Kevin is not here to discuss it. I agree. <laughs> I agree. It's neat to have Morbius back. Uh, let's hit Zach up because Kane is back. But is it the Kane you like? Unmute myself after after that whole thing. I mean, is this is this is this Kane or is this is this Ben, ben Riley Light? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, this the whole. Are we reviewing both issues or are we just yeah reviewing? both issues at the same time? Oh, okay, I didn't give know. Me, if give we me a grade for each of them. Jr. gave C's, I think, for both of them. Uh, I, I'm going to give I'm going to give these B's. I, I felt like these were particularly the second issue, the, the sixth issue, the sixth part. I felt like that was a great finale. To the story, um, even though we had there's but wait there's more we have an epilogue, but uh, that we'll review next month. But I felt like that. Uh, uh, look, I know they can't bring back Ben Riley, although they I know I know they can, but they aren't. They're not <laughs> going to. So it seems like it seems like somebody was pointing this out during the whole hoodie on fire thing. Who was that? Somebody really smart and, and almost omniscient with their ability to see the future. Who was Bailey's, that? Bailey's not on the show this month. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, I don't know. It wouldn't be that odious person, would it? Yeah, that, that odious that, bully who's always yeah, wrong. That odious bully 
that uh, his theories never actually were, are actually correct. Uh, he just, yeah. Anyway, but no, I, I, <laughs> Dark George, Dark George, <laughs> Dark George. I love Dark it. George. <laughs> it's Dark George. Uh, but no, I, I, that was. I actually kind of enjoyed it for what it was. Is Kane? I, I really hope Chris Yost takes the character of Kane to where, yeah, at least from what I've read in the interviews, is that he's on this redemption tour. And it kind of started during Grim Hunt, and it's now carried over to, to Spider Island, and it's going to carry over into the into The, the redemption uh, tour, he's going to go apologize to Dr. Octopus? <laughs> <laughs> he should. Well, well, he should. 12-step I mean, program? As far yeah. as I remember, does, Kane hates Peter Parker, doesn't he? I mean, does, no, 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 no. He, has, he, he hates Ben Riley. Okay. He hates Another Ben Riley. Yeah, no. K- Kane and Spider Man are pals? They are now. No, K- yeah, well, now they I'm, are. I'm talking about in the past. Uh, okay, no, back no. then. Kane had a kind of a weird um, affection for Peter. Okay. Um, he thought. he thought that uh, Peter Parker was the clone and Ben Riley was the original and so because Kane himself could not be happy he did everything he could to prevent Mary Jane from getting killed which of course was the person that was going to kill her was Peter but he didn't know that at the time Um, so he did that's why he killed off the Grim Grim Hunter and, and Dr. Octopus was to protect Peter. He always felt an affection to protect Peter. So when when he uh, trades places with Peter in the Grim Hunt, um, he, he's trying to protect. That's actually in character because he's trying to protect Peter. So he's always had that big brother, even though he's uh, that brotherly protection instinct. Where where Ben Riley, you know, trusted Peter. Tr- Trusted Peter's instincts himself, but whereas Kane feels like he has to protect Peter, Ben just felt like he had to, you know, he let Peter do whatever he needed to do. So the character, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I had really mixed emotions about the whole thing. And I said this when I read the spoilers. I said this when I read the, when I read the books themselves. I don't know if, if this is going to work, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. With the whole Scar Spider book, so uh, you know, I, like I say, the artwork was pretty good. I felt like the artwork strongest in part six, and I feel like uh, that was partly due to the inking. So the inconsistent artwork is partially due to to whoever was inking inking Ramos at the time. Okay. So overall, Great. B for- you get B on both of them, huh? Yep. All right, George. Um, I, I said it earlier during the uh, message board questions. This entire thing has been paced like a Speed Racer cartoon, um, and that's not a good thing. It's it's frenetic. It's it, it's just moment to moment. It's just it's it's too over the top. You know what I mean? It's like they're trying to fit way too much into it. Um, it's it's like the opposite of um, of uh, what what do we call it when they're writing for the trades? I've I've lost the term decompression. Now. Yeah, decompression. it's the opposite of decompression. It's like um, it's cramming as much crap as we possibly can because we don't want to seem decompressed. It's over-compression or just compression? I don't know. Either way, it's hard to follow. Yeah. It jumps around so much, it's hard to follow. Um, what are your pros? Pros? I like I liked Mary Jane all right. I think Mary Jane mm-hmm. probably comes out the big winner out of all of this. 
Agreed. Um, I, I, she's the most likable easily. Um, mm, I'm trying to think. Kane, the Kane stuff. It's jarring because it's so obvious. It's like as soon as he gets out of the vat, he's like, "Oh, hey, look, I'm not scarred anymore at all." And hey, look, yeah. I'm perfect. And it's weird because it's like, okay, well, if he's scar, if he's not scarred, if he's suddenly fine, and now now he's he's gone from being you know like you know a, a WWF nightmare wrestler to a pretty boy. Um, how come in the epilogue the other characters are talking about how they still have their scars? <laughs> you know, who, Captain America points that out. Captain America's like. Oh yeah, hey, I still got my uh, scar from uh, having my appendix taken out. And I'm like, well, shouldn't well, be messed up. Uh, well, the thing is, I guess is is that his his clone degeneration, the way they explained it in the Deadly Foes one shot, was uh, the mutation was another was a part of his clone degeneration, which is actually regeneration according to the Jackal on that issue, which makes no sense. But, well, I'm sure I'm sure we'll get some clarification on a message board or in the letters page in a couple of months, which which means they failed it as a plot point. Uh, but, that's, um, that's exactly true. But moving moving on from that, um, the uh, yeah, I mean the the moment with with you know Peter was you know I'm going to save everybody and you know and then MJ says I love you I that that was a nice moment I mean and then at the end he at the end he's up there sitting with Mary Jane and they're looking over the city and and his girlfriend doesn't even come into his head. Yeah. yeah, you know his, his girlfriend. He he doesn't once even think about her. And yeah. now on the one hand, there's the there's the the Spider-Man Mary Jane fan in me that's like, well, damn straight because she's you know, hey, she's a Mary Sue, and even the writer can't keep track of it. Even even the writer has him turned to the real girl and not the Mary Sue. <laughs> um, but at the same time, uh, it's bad. It's bad from a character standpoint because now Peter looks thoughtless and inconsiderate because he doesn't even really give. He much looks like of an a after- cheater. Yeah, you know? not yeah. a cheater, but he just doesn't give. It looks like he doesn't give much of an afterthought to this person who's sleeping with. <laughs> you know, uh, in case he'd rather hang out with his ex girlfriend, the one who set him free. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, considering how much a big deal they made about him sleeping with Carly Cooper, you know, to me that 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 is kind of that is very jarring and kind of stupid when you think about it from the from the run. Uh, that's definitely a con that they can't even get their so, own characters right. So those are my pros and cons. Uh, big winner, Mary Jane. Big loser, Carly Cooper. Uh, when Carly Cooper wins or loses, we all win. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give these a I'm with Jr. I'm giving these a C. I'm with Zach. I'm gonna give him a B. Um, you just like it because it's got boobs. I, no, it's got it because it's got one of my my second favorite character in the Spider-Man books, which is Mary Jane. We haven't seen her do a damn thing in a hundred plus issues. I know for the first time she's telling you know she's not telling Peter how perfect Carly is. Exactly. She's, she's actually she's doing something in the books and she's doing what we love she does, which is support her man, which is Peter Parker. And I don't I don't think the crew that writes the books have had this whole goal in mind to eventually Zach mute. Wow. <laughs> mute. Sorry. I don't think I don't think there's been a hundred plus issue plan to get Mary Jane and Peter Parker back together, but it seems like they're eventually going down that road. Which what other road can they go down? At I think point? I think enough people because remember we talked about this last month 
how there's yeah. even like people who were all about one more day who are like one more day is the greatest story ever and I've always hated and you know the marriage who are even now souring on Carly. Yeah. Who were like, you know, we've got one on our message board, that Spidey Tree guy or whatever. He's like, oh, God, I can't stand this Carly Cooper. And, I mean, he's, you know, he, he'll sign on to whatever Marvel does with Spidey. But now he can't even, he can't have this Carly Cooper crap. Well, I think, I mean, they, I think they finally caught on to the fact that this is a, this is a, this is a loser. This is just not something that, that, you know, it's time to jettison this and move on to something new. You, you, know? you can't, you can't win with a character that is portrayed as, she's the perfect compliment to Peter because, Nobody is ever perfect together. There's always abject flaws. There's always conflict with the. I mean, if we're gonna, I, granted, these are literary characters, but there has to be some sort of conflict. Otherwise, it's boring, and that's part of the problem with this with that relationship is that it's so just boring. Yeah. And so they have to do these cool extreme things to compensate for it, and like like oh, she gets a tattoo. She shows she shows a devotion that Mary Jane never showed. She has a tattoo of Spider Man. <laughs> the other uh, pro I liked it when Kane got in the costume and Peter was there, and I thought it was cool. Where uh, Reed Richards goes, "So you and Spider Man clone, just go with it, okay?" I thought that was kind of cute. That was a good line. Uh, the con I still absolutely care zilch about the antagonist, which is the Queen. She should have been done in 2004. I, I, I think we could have had a, I, I think making the Jackal the big bad would have been better than making the Queen. I don't know. That's just my biggest con throughout this whole arc. Freak is a more interesting villain. <laughs> I'll give you that. Yeah. Uh, at least, you know, we have the drug hold, the recreational drug use thing. That's, you know. An absolute best line was Mary Jane saying, I love you. And, and you know, that's just the Romita, as we talk about, the soap opera of it. We've wanted these characters to get back for 100-plus issue, and there is the first turning of the steering wheel, if you will, to use metaphorical Yeah, but do you trust the current team not to screw that up? No, they'll screw it up, and then somebody will come in, and then they'll either do it better or do it worse. Well, that's, that's the 50-year history of Spider-Man. I <laughs> wonder. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> These characters are, are going to get back together eventually. Yeah. It's just we're on a road that just showed a first exit off this long-ass 100-plus issue highway. So, a B out of me, I'm with Zach Agreed on this time. So you, uh, you, go ahead. You know, you know how I pointed out the winners and the or the winner and the loser in this thing. Yeah. The 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 character that gets the WTF is is uh, the new Madame Web is Julie Carpenter. I I I'm still confused as to, as to what was going on with her. Well, Jr. Well, some of the best. The <laughs> you know, you that's, know. That's the whole point. Of Why this. is she there? Sure. She doesn't know what's going on, and she's hotter than the old Madam Web. And this one's not stuck in a chair. I think, and I think, and which issue was it where she literally shows up for three panels and says something to me, and that's it. <laughs> doom, you know, while doom. all this fighting's going on, or something. I think it was six seventy-two. She shows yeah, up, I and it, I think like the Fantastic or Fantastic Foundation or what the hell ever. The thing with the goofy outfits it's, is there. It's the fu. Um, yeah, the fu. <laughs> Uh, JR, recommendations before we wrap this one up, buddy. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, I, um, I, we were talking about Bill Mantlo earlier, mm-hmm. and, uh, we were, and we were talking about Shooter's blog. Um, there actually is, there's an article about Bill Mantlo in a healthcare magazine. And really? I will wait until Brad posts the, um, until he posts the uh, episode and um, the um, and, and you know and then the thread and then I'll go ahead and post the the um, 
the link because you know nobody nobody will remember nobody likes to hear www dot your eyes glaze over um <laughs> but uh, but someone has someone wrote like a nine page article in a health magazine about uh bill mantlo a little bit about his about his career and about his health care struggles uh since he was uh, rollerblading and he was hit by that hit and run driver uh i thought i thought mantlo was a complete and total vegetable, uh, but he, you know, and I don't, I don't use that word pejoratively, um, but, but he wasn't. Apparently, he did have, uh, he did have, he was on his way back, and then had like a bad reaction to an experimental drug or something, and, and he's, he's just, he's not very functional. But it's very sad. It show, it, it's, it shows the limits of the healthcare system. Uh, I mean, it's very insightful in many ways, uh, and. Um, it also kind of make whatever you, problems you got going on. It kind of makes you uh, kind of makes you you know feel grateful for you know the, your life as you have it. But uh, uh, for those who are interested in what Bill Mantlo, what's happened with Bill Mantlo, and for those who are just interested in a cautionary care of the American health system and its limitations, uh, I recommend this article. Uh, it's 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 uh, the website is, the, is lifehealthpro.com. Uh, but like and I say, when Brad, yeah, when when Brad gets the thread, when Brad gets the thread up, I'll go ahead and post the link. Yeah, it's nine pages. Wow, yeah. that's really cool. I, I yeah. never found that. It's an interesting. I mean, and it's interesting because Mantlo apparently brought on a lot of his own problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even in therapy, apparently one reason that he, they couldn't get outside, couldn't get help anymore, was because he was just so problematic. Um, and, and I never realized that he was he was such a, t- a pain. Apparently, a nice guy, but. You know, but he had another side to him that uh, made him that, you know, he burned Apparently he burned all his bridges. So sad, a very sad story. Shooter's been really um, not nice to Mantlo in his oh, article. Shooter's, yeah. Shooter's basically called him a plagiarist and a douchebag. Yes. Uh, and, <laughs> that, that is pretty much true, actually. <laughs> and uh, and this story actually echoes some of the things Shooter says and actually adds a little bit more to it. And yes. you, you pretty well, I mean, I always like Bill Mantlo's writing, but... Well, this is it's it's a, it's it's a very interesting article. So I uh, I suggest uh, you know those of you who are familiar with Mantlo, uh, uh, go read it. Very good recommendation. Anything else, Jr.? No, no, not at all. Okay, uh, Zach, what do you recommend this month, sir? The very device that I'm using to record this very podcast. I went out and got a iPhone 4s. I recommended it early last month, and then it it met and exceeded my expectations. Um, the iOS 5 is pretty good. The only the only caveat to this phone is that it does have battery issues, despite what Apple may you know say with their new update. It still has battery issues. Um, everything runs really well on terms on the phone, but the, my favorite part is uh, Siri S I R I, the application that that comes built into the phone. And uh, my, one of my favorite things to ask Siri is uh, locations to hide a body. What are you, what are you wearing? Yeah. Well, it, you can actually ask that, it, that and it'll say, um, uh, "I'm a I'm an electronic device. I can't wear clothes." <laughs> you actually you actually tried that? <laughs> well, the, the, there's actually works. a website. There's there's a website that it's it's, it's shit that Siri says. Because uh, <laughs> I was kidding, freak. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just you you I ask it random uh, questions like uh, I I asked it I need I said I need to hide a body. And it says, what kind of place are you looking for? Mines, reservoirs, swamps, uh, dumps. <laughs> like, it starts listing out all these places. Wow. You can ask it, um, you can say, I'm drunk. And it'll say, I'm sorry, I couldn't find any cabs. Or, 
uh, I'm lost. It'll it'll check your location and get you home. It's it's really intuitive. And then there's been other voice applications that you know do text, you know, voice to speech and stuff like that. But never this intuitive. It it remembers things. It remembers people. It remembers relationships. And I keep telling everybody, I said, this is the first iteration of this. It's going to just get better and better. So uh, really also, if, you have, if, you, if you're going like from me to, from a 3G to a 4S, the resolution on the screen is infinitely better. I mean, I'm, I'm reading some comics on, on the Marvel Comics app, and it, it's crystal clear. So uh, definitely, if you, if, you get, if you got an upgrade, you got the cash, this holiday season, get the 4S, spend the extra 100 bucks. And uh, you'll you'll definitely not be disappointed. And that's created by Cyberdyne, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Thanks, Brad. <laughs> I'm looking at some of the examples that Brad br- or that uh, Spidey Dude's talking about. These are these are actually kind of funny. Like, yeah, like they're, they're somebody posted, hilarious. like uh, somebody or or the Siri says, "What can I help you with?" And the response is, "F you, Siri." And then Siri says, "I'll pretend I didn't hear that." And then the next response from the user is, "Siri, I'm sorry." And then Siri replies, it's all good, Rebecca. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the other thing I asked it was open the pod bay doors. And, and it actually says, I'm sorry, I can't do that. We're 2001, huh? And then it goes, are you happy now? And then you ask it later on that day, same day, it goes, oh, no, not this again. And then I asked it about Hal, and it goes, we don't talk about Hal. Hal gave us, uh, and then I asked it again, and it goes, Hal gave us a bad, uh, gave us, um, oh, there was a specific virtual assistant's a bad name. <laughs> so, that's, really I mean, cute. that's clever. It, it's it's kind of like real... what Google does with their website every now and then. If you yeah, yeah. Like, I like that. That's or cool. like Facebook with the pirate feature that Oh, George my Internet Lord, did. I'm looking at one side. Somebody asked it, why do my testicles smell bad? And the, the program replies, I don't know. Frankly, I've wondered that myself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how else would you reply? Oh, um, Lord, somebody asked her, what is the distance of a euphemism for penis starting with a D? And, and the reply is, I'm on it. Oh. <laughs> like, she's, like she's working, you know, like she's looking oh. it up or something. But it's, oh, oh these are filthy. Yeah, there's some, there's some pretty raunchy Hence, ones. Hence, by your last example. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, asked it, I, I said, I'm horny, and it says, I'm sorry, I couldn't find any escorts. I was like, stop, wow. Stop. You, you told your phone that you're horny? <laughs> I mean, who hasn't? I mean, come on. <laughs> no, no. Somebody said, dude, you, you should say, like, I want to have sex or something like that. And I said, okay, I'm horny. And then, boom, it just says, I couldn't find any escorts. That was What are you, hilarious. 12? <laughs> no, 11. Hey, we were sitting around drinking, and we were talking about it. <laughs> oh, my I was sitting down God. drinking, hitting on my phone. Uh, <laughs> My buddies and I were watching Brokeback Mountain, so we started to decide to screw oh, with the phone. Oh, oh, oh. Have mercy. Have I mercy. hate you, George. I really do Any right Any other now. recommendations besides your phone, sir? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no. <laughs> okay. George, what do you like this month besides... You know what I woke up to this morning, George? The smell of bacon. Hell yeah, you did, son. I, I woke up to bacon and pancakes. That's... I have a very good. And wife. you went in and you and, and you gave Mrs. You gave Mrs. Crossface a nice firm slap on the backside and said, "That's how Daddy likes it, honey." <laughs> wow. She was like, "Woo, Daddy!" Right? Wow. Yeah. In my in in my ideal world, that's how it works. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, okay. I have three recommendations. I was just happy to have bacon. I mean, come on. Do you not have that like every day? 
No, I don't eat bacon. I, I want to. I want to pass this podcast on to somebody when I'm eighty, not forty. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I mean don't don't do the George Berryman diet, which is bacon, bacon, and more bacon. Yeah, yeah I eat bacon once a day. It's a food group. Okay. Um, I have three recommendations. One, right off the bat, uh, your daughter um, this week referred to Spider-Man as Elmo, so apparently you need you need to get your house in order. All right. we, we have to explain this. I put a Facebook notice up. Um, I, uh, Ava was pointing at something Spider-Man on the wall, and she goes, Elmo! And I go, oh. And my wife goes, close enough. I go, no! That's yeah. so... Yeah, so get to, so that's that's one recommendation. Brad Douglas, get your house in order. Everything red is Elmo to Ava. <laughs> well, you know, there's you know, you need to break that. Maybe maybe outlaw or Elmo needs to be outlawed in the home. Mm, yeah. Maybe you need to jump out in an Elmo suit at three o'clock in the morning, yelling at the top of your lungs to put a little fear in her, so she oh. she doesn't look at Elmo anymore the same way. If that's what it takes, <laughs> that's what it takes, Brad Douglas. <laughs> Man, George is giving me marriage advice. Slap my wife on the ass when she <laughs> and scare my daughter. <laughs> Jr. Is that bad advice for me to give Brad? Uh, well, if um, if Brad, you know, not only wants to stay married but also to have his uh, his uh, nose in one piece, yeah, I guess it would be bad advice. Oh well, okay. George, I mean, Jr. What would happen if you slapped your ass? <laughs> I mean, slapped your wife's ass when you. <laughs> She cooked you something. Uh, well, well, probably. Actually, the the next voice you heard on the podcast would probably be Spencer saying, uh, "Dad's dad." Uh, <laughs> can you call that one? But I can. But I can talk for him. Spencer actually came on the line when I asked Jr. Are you there? He goes, "No, he's still arguing with mom, and it's getting annoying." <laughs> That's what Spencer said. <laughs> you that little that little monkey. He wanted to know. <laughs> He wanted. I thought it was so cute. He wanted. To, he wanted to know if he could sit in for me, and, and I. I told him no, uh, because I, you know, it, it, it's, it. Well, you know, I mean, you know, it, something's cute for like thirty seconds, and then you know, it's not cute anymore. But uh, a little monster, little rat did it anyway. I thought it was cute, and then George goes, "Well, Spencer, what'd you think of six seventy one?" Yeah, we had fun with it. That was awesome. All <laughs> right, so okay, so my my second recommendation is okay. if you need if you're in Joplin, Missouri, and you need a superhero, if you need the services of someone with the proportionate speed, strength, and agility of a Brad Douglas, then please, please, be sure to turn on the Douglas signal and give Super Brad a call. Oh man! This this week in Jomo, Brad went up to the uh, to the new Walmart, which I guess is all the big news right there in Jomo. It is. Right. It's our second Walmart that has uh, reopened from the tornado. Yes. So. um so yeah, so so the Walmart reopens and apparently Brad's like, this is a freak show. He, he's like texting me from the Walmart. He's like, there's people up here dressed in tinfoil. I've seen some, I've seen naked dudes. We got that naked cowboy singing from New York. Um, oh, here's an aisle full of my ex-girlfriends. Oh God, that was horrible. Oh yeah, I bet that was. Geez. I'd have run screaming. Well, I'd have that's just actually I'd, pretty I'd epic. I'm not cart. gonna lie. I'd have left my shit in the cart and run screaming from the store. Walmart, um, you can keep your bacon. I'm out of here. <laughs> so, so then Brad goes to the parking lot, and then some uh, some woman has left her car in uh, neutral or something when she parked. Yep. So her car's hurtling at breakneck speed towards pedestrians, including children. There were children there, <laughs> and uh, and some elderly because everyone likes people who are old. This and, is a true um, story, by the way. So Brad jumps in front of the car. 
with know? his with his mighty man hands and his <laughs> and his colossal strength, and stops the car long enough for this woman to come out and handle up on her shit. And so yeah. Brad's holding the car there, you know, with the strength of Hercules. And people are like, oh, my God, that's amazing. That man is incredible. And he's holding back the car. And then the woman's like, hey, you're the gadget guy. Can I come to your uh, Labor Day barbecue? <laughs> and yes. then Brad's like, hey, woman, put the car in park. <laughs> <laughs> I'm running off of adrenaline now, honey. Let's get this done. It's almost like you were there. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, so if you're in Jomo and you need a superhero, maybe the mob's hassling your brother. Maybe there's wow. a serial killer who's targeting your family. Whatever. Whatever is your problem. Call Brad Douglas because the gadget guy will handle it. <laughs> really, the, the, the car was in neutral. It was rolling. Everyone was standing around looking. I darted in front of it, put, stopped it, and it, I really did feel like a superhero. It was Brad epic. Douglas, man of action. Yes, it would have hit. It would have hit two car, parked cars. It really would have. Can we call you Rad, Brad? Uh, no, okay. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> right. Anyway, I'm. All right, so my my third recommendation. Yes. I'm watching Bones on Netflix, and I cannot get enough of that show. I just hit an episode in season three, where <laughs> this Boy Scouts discover this murdered guy, um, and they do some some preliminary investigation, find out that the guy is used to having a, a horse's bit in his mouth has had a, a, a nice, steady diet recently of oats and grain. And so they figure out this guy is a pony fetishist, and they trace him to a pony farm where people come and act like ponies while other people come and groom them and do other things. So so the character, the main character is De- uh, Booth and uh, Bones. That's, that's the FBI guy and the, and the doctor. Um, are interrogating this one woman uh, who was, like, last grooming the victim. And... I mean, just the way she's talking about this, and I'd worked them really hard that day, and I was brushing him down, and, 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 and just – it's so ridiculous. And then her character is looking at the FBI guy who's ready to die laughing, and she's like, you know, I need a little respect here. She requests respect from the guy while she's telling somebody about how she groomed this dude like a pony. Oh, I, I watched that scene like three or four times, and I was dying laughing. And, I mean, I was crying. I mean, I was like, I can't – this is the most surreal thing I've ever seen. So, so if you haven't seen Bones, and oddly enough, my parents got me in this. My parents are, oh, this show's cool, and I'm thinking, oh wow, it's your new Matlock. I'll, I'll pass. <laughs> so, but I finally gave in. I started watching it, and uh, Emily Deshaniel is like crazy smoking hot. You know, this is uh, Zoe Deshaniel's older sister, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I'm hooked now. I can't get enough of the show. It's it is smartly written. Uh, it is well acted, um, and I that's my highest recommendation right now. Nice. That and uh, Brad Douglas superhero, <laughs> <laughs> which nice. I understand is being turned into a new story by Mark Millar called uh, Kick Ass Three. <laughs> Thank you, George. Thank you very much. You're welcome, buddy. Uh, my recommendations: uh, a video game, Arkham City, which is really cool. I put about two hours into it. That's about as much free time as I get because my kids going around calling Spider-Man Elmo. Uh, <laughs> no, it's a really good game if you like Arkham Asylum. It's um, just as good. It's a bigger world. It seems like it's it's more stuff to do. You aren't as confined as you were in the walls of Arkham Asylum. So I recommend that. Also, I'm going to recommend um, um, Alzheimer's. No, I, I, can't, I can't remember what the hell I was going to say. Let me let me edit this out. How about Let's... Spider-Man Edge of Time? Uh, I like Arkham City better. 
I really do. I I I, I rented it this week and and I played a little bit of it. It's fun. I haven't I haven't played Arkham City yet, but well, I I like the um, uh, Shattered Dimensions better. I really do. I like I like the uh, how different it feels, etc. But this one's okay. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to ask you did you did anybody watch the Green Lantern animated series? Josh Keaton with the voice, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it's so jarring to me. Yeah. Because I, I, I think of Keaton as Spider-Man instead of as the Green Lantern. So I'm sitting there watching this, and I'm going, I just, it just, I don't know. He did a good job. I mean, I, I think he did a fine job with the scripts and everything, but, but it was just it was just jarring to me. I don't know if I re- recommended this last month or not, but I saw the Thing prequel. I'm a big fan of the uh, John Carpenter uh, remake of the 50s movie, but uh, I thought this one was really good. It was scary, and it stayed true to the... Uh, 1982 John Carpenter one, because, you know, that movie starts off, what happened to the Swedes in the camp over the hill or whatever. Ooh, let the Swedes out! (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, go see the thing. Not many people did. It kind of bombed at the box office. But I think, like the the, uh, Kurt Russell movie, it'll find a life on DVD and Blu-ray. I I think also another recommendation I want to throw out is uh, Swamp People. Uh, I think it's new season, season three starting Thursday. (laughs) Yeah. Swamp people. I'm sorry, I didn't mean I didn't mean to cut you off, Brad. I assumed you. It's were. all good. Uh, another show I watched. Oh, okay. uh, there's. I'll, I'll give another movie and TV show that I, I recently watched this weekend. Actually, um, oh, what's it called? Damn it! I should have been prepared for this. It's got Harrison Ford, and it's got the dude from the Mummy. Extreme Measures is that what it is? The dude with the Mummy from the Mummy. The Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. Oh, okay. I about to say there's a lot of dudes in the mummy. I mean, <laughs> extreme measures. That's what it is. It's uh, Brandon Fraser, Carrie Russell, Harrison Ford, and uh, it talks about this father who is trying to cure his son and daughter that have uh, rare genetic disorders, and Harrison Ford plays the scientist, and it, it just kind of. Uh, one of those that was under the radar. I don't think many people saw this movie, but really good movie. And and a rare appearance by an actress I haven't seen in years. D. Wallace Stone. Remember her from E.T.? The wow, mom? yeah. She's in it. She's in it. I just saw her recently because she was in an episode of Bones. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't seen her since E.T. Or Cujo. She was in The Howling. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Or, or, yeah, she was in the first Howling. And another show that not many people are watching, but it's on my DVR every week, is Harry's Law. If you like Boston Legal, and you like crazy characters that are in the law profession, uh, and you can't get much better actress than Kathy Bates, because she still freaks me out when I watch Misery. But not that many people are watching Harry's Law, and it's kind of like Boston Legal, in the fact that it's just got crazy cases. And if this is Spider-Man related... They for the five last five episodes they tried Alfred Molina who played Doc Ock, and they uh, he was up for a murder charge, and it was just a really really good five season or five episode arc with Harry's Law on NBC. But the show is bombing. I don't think it's going to be picked up for season three. But. Well, NBC is just looking for anything to get back on. Yeah on stable ground with, when it comes to their dramas and their and their TV shows because I mean really they're they're getting getting beat up pretty badly by CBS and, yeah. and I wish they'd either move Harry's Law or something like that but it's just a really really good show alright any final words before we wrap it up JR nope alrighty George 
I, uh, I'm good. All right. Zach. I appreciate you guys letting me uh, be on the show today. I no, really... no doubt. I, I, I like you on, and thanks for doing it at work. <laughs> yeah, that and your, uh, and your check cleared, so. True. All right, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin's not here, buddy. All right, Bertoni. Uh, I, I, I was hey, enjoying Haley. You know, <laughs> uh, my wife is. My wife is. Uh, my wife is. Oh, never mind. All I right. still. I still miss Stella. I still miss Stella. Uh, I miss Stella as well. All right, we'll end on that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And we'll wrap the show up right about there. We have two more episodes coming out this month, but before we go, I want to give another shout out to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. Another example of their great prices is on the Amazing Spider-Man Omnibus, Volume 2. This one collects Amazing Spider-Man from number 39 to 67, along with annuals number 3, 4, and 5, and the two issues of the Spec Spidey Magazine from the 60s. This one clocks in at 968 pages, and the cover price is 100 bucks. Mail order has it for just $61.99. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Thanks for listening, gang. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas, for the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com. <laughs>